Welcome to The 107, a podcast for and from River of Life Church in East Missoula, just off exit 107, a way to get to know your church family, who we are, what we believe, and what God has called us to do. Well, good evening, River of Life. Thank you for being here tonight, and we're excited about baptisms that are going to take place in just a few moments. Um, Tonight, we have a couple that have already signed up, and then tomorrow, I think we got eight or nine that are signed up to get baptized. Um, But I just want to mention this to you. If you've not been around when we've done baptisms before, um, we celebrate baptism because it is such an important part of our faith journey. When, When you get into this tank, you are making a public confession of your faith. You're saying, I... I've accepted Jesus into my heart. I'm a believer, but not only am I a believer, I'm a follower. I'm going to, I'm going to follow him and the instructions that he has for me and the things that he wants in me. And, and many people that I know of are believers. They've, they've accepted Christ, but for some reason they feel like this is a step that maybe they're not ready to make. And I just want to encourage you tonight that, you know, even in the book of Acts, there's this interesting story where you know, there's this guy and he, he just accepts Christ. And, and right in that moment, they basically said, you know, you should be baptized. And, and they just find water and they just go do it. See, sometimes I think we can make it more complicated than it needs to be. We can say, oh, well, there probably needs to be a class I need to go through or, or whatever. Really what this is is saying, I've accepted Jesus into my heart. And out of that, I want to make this public confession that says that who I once was is dead and who I am now is alive in Christ. And so, so I, I mention it to you right now because I am going to share just a short message in our pushback series. But for some of you, you may be like feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit right now to say, you should do that. And I want you to know that we believe so strongly in this at this church that we have everything that you need if you made that decision tonight. You didn't come prepared. We have extra shorts you can borrow. We have a shirt you'll get to, you'll get to walk out of here with that says declaration on it. And, and you may say, well, I have friends and family that aren't here with me tonight. We have this thing called a live stream. And so you just give them the web address and they'll be able to see you get baptized. We've really removed all of the excuses because we believe in this so strongly. And so if at any point during my message or at any point during the, the actual baptisms and worship that's gonna, that's gonna happen at the end of this, you decide you wanna be baptized, there'll be somebody in the back table back there in the lobby and they would love to just walk you through what it means so that you do fully understand it. Because I do want you to know that there are people that think that this is where your sins are forgiven. And every time we do baptisms, I say this. So you've been at the church for any amount of time, you know what I'm about to say. But what I'm telling you right now is that if you get into this tank and you're a sinner, you are going to come out a wet sinner, okay? There's nothing magic about the water. We literally got it out of the tap, the hose into the thing. It's actually very warm, though. I can see the, the steam coming off of it right now. We, we love you that much that we made it warm for you. It is actually warm. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Some, you'll watch them get in, they're like, ooh, nice. Um, but... But with that, what you need to understand, this isn't where your sins are forgiven because it required the blood of Jesus for that to happen, okay? So when you've confessed him as your Lord and Savior, that's where your forgiveness comes from. But for you to get into this tank, what you're saying is, I don't care who knows it, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. 
And, and I should be living differently because of that. So it's, it is also, I believe there's a level of accountability inside of this. So when you get into this tank and you, in front of all these people, say, this is who I am, then as brothers and sisters, we know, okay, they're followers, and that's good for us to know. Amen? Amen. Well, if you've been with us over the last few weeks, you know we've been in the series that we've called Pushback. Last weekend, my cousin Dwayne was with us and did a phenomenal job of just walking through the end times and, and the rapture and all of those kinds of things, and so... Um, some of what he said was a little raw, and, and we, I know that some of you, it might have been even, some of it was hard to hear, but I also want you to understand his heart and where he's coming from. He's coming from a place right now where his country is changing day by day by day, and not for the better, but for the worse, and so it's, it's a hard season uh, for him, and, and it's a warning cry for you and I, because our country is not that far behind it. And so if you've been with us, you know we've been talking about this idea that, that as the country changes, the church needs to be ready. And so we spent some time, and we've talked about things from, as parents, how do we make sure that our children are ready, because they're being taught, whether you know it or not, things that do not align with this book. Now, it may be in the school that they're in, but for sure it's on the media. The media is pushing hard to indoctrinate our children, and we need to be ready and we need to pay attention so that we can push back against that. And then we spent some time talking about God's word and the importance of it because as the times change, the truth, what the world says is true, changes by the hour. But this book never changes. It is our foundation, and so because of that, we need to know it, we need to stand on it, we need to read it. It's not, it's not just enough that you own it, it's an, we need to read it, and then tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about obeying it, right? Because to own it is great, to read it is the next step, but to actually obey it is where things change, Right? So we're going to spend a little bit of time, and then we're going to get right into baptisms, but I wanted to take just a few moments, and I want to look in 1 Samuel chapter 15, and this is where we see the prophet Samuel is telling King Saul that he wants him to go, and, and they need to wipe out uh, the Amalekites, and, and he tells them, this is how you're supposed to attack, and, and in that, he tells them, God said that you are to wipe out all living things. So down to the animals, they all need to be taken out. And so um, just so you're a little bit aware of the history, what, what's gone on here is, is God had set up this nation and he had done it with judges that were gonna be in charge. And over time, the uh, children of Israel said, well, all the other nations have kings, so we would like to have a king. And so God lets them have a king and he anoints Saul and Saul is, is the king and, and with that, Samuel being the prophet, he is the one that speaks for God and so the word of God comes through the prophet to the king and then the king needs to obey and as Saul becomes king, they're seeing incredible victories. Like God would say, go and do this and they would do it and they would see this incredible victory take place. So now we come to, to chapter 15 and we see that, that, that Samuel has said to Saul, listen, God, this is how God wants you to do it and when you do it, you need to wipe out every living creature and so God is making a, state, a, a statement to all the nations that go against him that his people will win if you, if you choose to go against God. And so let's pick up in uh, 1 Samuel 15, starting at verse 10. It says this, Then the Lord said to Samuel, 
I'm sorry. Okay, so what's happened is they've gone in and Samuel or Saul decides, I'm going to hold back some of this livestock and I'm not going to kill the king. So, so he, he does kind of what God said, but not fully what God said. And so this is where we pick up and, and the Lord says to Samuel, to the prophet, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went down to Carmel to to set up a monument to himself. That's always a good sign. Um, Then he went to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Then what is all the bleating of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle that I hear, Samuel demanded. So I want to stop here for just a moment in this story because God starts off this little passage that we read and he says, I'm sorry that I ever made Saul king. Why? Because Saul had decided to only follow God's command partially. So God says, I need you to annihilate them. I want, I want, to, I want to show who's in charge. And so Saul goes in and, and he does mostly what God said, but he doesn't do fully what God said. So now Samuel gets out there as the confronter. And I want you to understand, this is a tough position because Saul is king and now Samuel is approaching him and he's going to confront. How many of you like to confront people? Anybody in the room like to confront people? Don't point at me, Raven. That's not true. <laughs> there are people who are really gifted at being confronters, right? And some of us do not like it. We do it because we have to. But then others of us avoid. How many of you avoid confrontation as much as possible? See, that one <laughs> You're more than happy to raise your hand to that one. I got you. So, so, but here's the deal with this story is Samuel is approaching Saul. Saul is king. Can I tell you, if the king doesn't like what you have to say, it's very likely he could just wipe you out. He could have you taken out if he wants to. But Samuel approaches, uh, 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 approaches Saul. And, and as we look at this story unfold, I think it's interesting because he, Saul comes right out to Samuel and he's like, hey, may God bless you and I have done exactly what God wanted me to do. All the while in the background, somebody's trying to keep the sheep quiet back there, right? Like, uh-oh, like I'm telling him one thing but that's not what's actually happening. How many of you had, have kids that you'll, you'll say to them, hey, go, I need you before you do anything else, you need to get in there and clean that room, Right? And you know that the room is a disaster. You're talking like that's two hours worth of work to get that thing clean. And like in 20 minutes, you hear the video game system going in the room, right? So you walk in and the kid's like, oh, hey, greetings. I've cleaned my room (laughs) exactly as you have asked me. And maybe they did a decent job to where it looks okay in the room. And then any good parent knows you go and what do you do? You look under the bed. You open the closet, right? And then the, the avalanche comes, comes close, right? And so, so we know this story because we understand that in this moment, Saul is like, oh shoot, I didn't do exactly what God said, but maybe I'll get away with it. 
1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 15, it says this. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted, but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord for God, your God. We, all, we have destroyed everything else. Now, I want to I stop there for a moment because as I was rereading this story this week, I was, something caught my attention. And it was when, when, when Saul is first talking about it, he's talking about our God. But in this moment, he's caught and he knows that he's done wrong. And so even the way that he, he says it to Samuel, he says, uh, we're going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. And I found that interesting because throughout the rest of what we're going to read today, he changes it to instead of being my God, to your God. Now, I think for many of us, when we get to a place where we find ourselves in disobedience, it makes this barrier between us and God. It makes us feel less than when it comes to our relationship with him. Continuing to read, then Samuel said to Saul, stop, listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul asked. And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought the best of the sheep and goats, cattle and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So as we look at this, we see that, that Saul now is justifying. He's trying to make it so that it's okay what he did. He didn't listen, he didn't obey, but now he's trying to find a way to, to skirt what was asked of him. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering of the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you've rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. So Saul decides to do things halfway and call it good. And God had asked him to do it a very specific way. And the, the interesting thing about this story is, is right after this, um, the Bible says that Samuel goes and he grieves Saul. So he goes and he spends some time grieving. And then the day comes and, and God says, that's enough. You don't need to grieve him anymore. What you're going to do is you're going to go to the house of Jesse and you're going to anoint the next king. Now, we look at this story and we can go, well, you know, he did it mostly. But as we look at what Samuel says to him, he says, what's more important, your obedience or your sacrifice? God always wants our obedience. Yeah, now, now, here's the thing. We live in, this, in a time and a season where grace, the grace message is amazing and, and God's grace is amazing to us. He loves you. He sees you and you may sit in this house today and you may be watching online and you may go, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. I don't know why God would ever love me, why he would ever forgive me. And I'm telling you right now, he does love you. He sees you. He wants you. He is the one that is capable of cleaning up your mess when you're incapable of cleaning it up. Because that's the God that we serve. 
But as we look at this story, what we need to understand is when we come to a place, because Saul had been given authority. Can I tell you, when we accept Jesus into our lives, he gives us authority. But with authority, there comes a responsibility. So we look at this story and, and Saul's been given the authority that he needs. He could, he could say the word and everything could have been exactly the way God said. You know, he kind of blames his guys, but guess what? He's in charge of his guys. If all of a sudden he sees his guys and they're starting to haul some sheep out, all he has to do is give the word and that stops. But for many of us, what we need to hear tonight, I believe, because we talked about his word and, we, and I told you this thing is so important and, it, and it's so vital. And, and a few weeks ago, we talked about the reality that, that if the only place we're getting this is online, then we need to get our, our hands on the book because that could go away. And we need to not just have our hands on it, we need to read it. And then we not, not only need to read it, we need to obey it. Because I look at this story and what stands out to me is Saul had been given all that he needed to continually have victory after victory after victory. The only thing that stood between him and continuing to have that was disobedience. And so for us as believers, we live in a time and a season right now where many of us like the gray areas. We like to go, yeah, I know the book says that, but some of that's old-fashioned. Some of that doesn't really apply to us today. Some, all of those things. And so we begin to kind of rewrite the story so it fits what we want to do. And Saul did just that. He said, listen, it would be a waste for us to kill this livestock because these are good animals. And he probably had no intention of even sacrificing them until he got caught. And then he got caught and he thought, okay, well, I'll say that we're going to sacrifice them. So at least I have a good excuse. But God isn't looking for an excuse. He's looking for your obedience. And so as we look at this story, we need to understand that I believe for us as a church, as we step into this time where there is going to be a pushback, where I do believe that, the, that there's going to be a separation that's going to come. And I know that, I know that Dwayne talked a little bit about that last weekend. And, and what I want you to hear from me is this, our job while we are here is to do everything that we can to make sure as many people know Jesus as possible so that when he does come back, so that when the end times are here, so that when there is a season where, where things get really difficult, that our friends and our neighbors have at least had the opportunity to make the decision for themselves. We don't ever want to be a church where we just sit back and go, hey, at least we got it all together. We'll just wait until Jesus comes back. Because that's not what he's called us to. Why do we send out all the trucks all week long to go and, and do food bank in, in, in rural communities? And, and why do we have people come out uh, on Saturday and, and give out clothes and, and food and, and, and go and deliver furniture to families that are in need? It's not because we're bored and we need something to do. All those who volunteer and they'll say amen. It's because we want opportunity for people to see Jesus maybe in a way they've never seen him before. And so, as we look at this, we see that, that Saul had chosen to, to live and to do things his own way. I think what happened is, I think Saul began to get a little full of himself as we see that he was going to, to make a monument to himself. 
He kept having victory after victory after victory. And so pretty soon he got to a point where he's like, you know what? Yeah, what God said, that's, that's cool. But I think I got this now. I don't really need God anymore. I'll make the decision. I'll figure it out. And the reality is, is they would have lost battle after battle after battle if it wasn't for God. And so when all of a sudden Saul says, I'm, I got this, I'm gonna do it on my own. God says, man, I wish I never made you king. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to ever look at me and go, man, I wish you never, you were never the pastor of that church. Man, I wish you never, I don't want that. I wanna be in a place where, where I, am, I am trying my hardest to be obedient to what he's asking me to do. Because our obedience to God is of utmost importance. And it is during times of war and pushback that it will be most evident where our heart actually lies. So as we look at this story, this is a nation that was founded with God in control. And as we look at our story, this country's story, this nation was founded on the principles of God. Now don't get me wrong, this nation did a lot of bad stuff and a lot of stupid stuff and a lot of things that they said was in God's name that was not in God's name. I'll just tell you right now, anytime you sign God's name to stuff that isn't his, buckle up. Because that never ends well. But I will say that at the beginning of this country, that was what, it was, it was his law that made our laws. It was, it was those things that were important. And, and the further we get to a place where this country continues to say, we actually don't need you, God. We're good. We don't need this book anymore. This book is ancient and it's, it's not true and we don't wanna believe it because it's hard. And all of those things, the more we're going to see the victories that this country has been familiar with decline. And we've watched that over the last few decades. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. But because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. We honor God through obedience, and he often honors our obedience with victories. See, if we're going to live this thing halfway, if we're going to just pick and choose what we want to obey and what we don't want to obey, and then you sit in the room today and you're like, man, I can't win a single victory. Everything I do, I feel like I fail. Everything I try to do, it doesn't work. And I'm not saying every one of those is out of disobedience, but I am saying I believe there's a lot of us that are not winning victories because we're disobeying. We're not following his word. See, Saul had Samuel to bring the word. He was the one that would come and he would speak on God's behalf. But for you and I, what we have is this. He gave us his word. And so when we dig into it, we begin to understand his character and who he says that we're supposed to be. And so when we begin to live that out, then all of a sudden we will see victory after victory after victory. I want to talk just for a moment because we're going to step into baptisms here in just a second. But, but the thing about this is what you need to understand. The reason that this is so important is because this is an act of obedience. 
Throughout the book of Acts, we see that even as Peter is traveling around and, and, and people get saved, he immediately says, now that you're saved, get baptized. Get in the water, show everyone that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. I, I started this series and we talked about fans versus followers. And I believe that, that the truth is, is in this country, there are more people that sit in church that are fans of Jesus Christ than there probably are followers of Jesus Christ. That's a hard thing to say, but I believe it to be true. Because we are fine with giving him an hour and a half on the weekend. We're okay with sitting in a room and, and singing the songs that, that bring him glory and listening to the bald guy bring the word for a few minutes. And then we're fine with just going and doing our own thing. But God didn't call you to an hour and a half a week. He called you to follow him. And I told you on week one that what that means is picking up your cross, he said. Pick up your cross and follow me. Now we, we hear that and we don't really think much about it, but to the people he's speaking to, they knew what that meant. The only time you pick your cross up is when you're walking it to your death. When you're bringing it to the place where you are no more. So he said, pick up your cross, follow me. And he's saying to them, who you were is dead. That's how you'll know you're a follower. So some of you sitting in this room today and you've not been baptized in water, but you've accepted Jesus into your heart. And I just want to challenge you today. Whatever your reasoning is for not doing this, you need to do it. You need to do it because obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience says, God, not only am I a follower of yours, but I trust you so much that I'm gonna do what I know you've asked me to do. And some of you, you've accepted Christ and you've, you've sat for a long time going, someday I'm gonna do that. And I just believe, as I was praying about this today, I was like, oh, we only have a couple of people on Saturday night. Most of them are doing Sunday morning. But I really felt like, I think that there are gonna be so many people in this room that you've come up with reason after reason after reason not to do it. And tonight is your, is your night where I'm saying there are no reasons not to. Some of you, you've lived your Christianity as a fan. I like Jesus. I like what he has to say. He's a good guy but it hasn't really changed you. See, a follower changes everything. Jesus goes and he finds guys that are fishing and he goes, hey, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And these guys, they don't just go, oh, let me think about it a little bit, Jesus. Let me get some things in order. They, they drop what they're doing. They leave their valuables. They go, okay, I'm with you. And to us, we read it, it's a cute little story, but the reality is, imagine what that would be like if Jesus showed up at your workplace tomorrow and, you, and, and, and he said, hey, listen, drop what you're doing. I want you to follow me. You're not going home. You're not taking care of things first. You're just, you're leaving it all behind because you're gonna follow me. That's incredible. We've got to get to a place as the, as the pushback of this world happens. And, and I have crazy stories I was gonna share with you tonight, but I'll save some of them for next week of just other stuff that's going on in this world right now that makes no logical sense. So the pushback is coming. 
And we have got to be followers, not fans. Because fans will fade. Followers will stay till the end. So for some of you tonight, if you're saying, you know what? I'm done with excuses about it. I'm gonna go get baptized. Then I want you to go back. I believe Pastor Angela is back there. She'll talk to you for a few minutes. She'll give you what you need so that you can be baptized tonight. But for everyone else, while we do this, I love this church because I love that we understand baptism and we celebrate. Man, do we celebrate. You're gonna see in just a few moments because we're all gonna stand and we're gonna, the worship team's gonna lead us in some more songs and, and, and then somebody's gonna come and they're gonna get in the tank and, and we'll talk to them. You won't hear that part. We'll be doing that up here and we'll pray with them. And then you're gonna see them get dunked. And what's gonna happen when they get dunked is the room is going to erupt. I, I'm a, I'm a, I am a fan of, of watching football and I, I, I yell at the TV. Anybody yell at the TV when you watch football? I don't know if I should admit that or not. Yeah, yeah, you should raise your hand, Dad. I've been there. I know. <laughs> and I get into it. And I, you know, I mean, there are times I'll stand up and yell at the TV and whatever. And my wife will go, you know, they can't hear you. It's fine. Whatever. I know none of you can relate to that. But if I can get that excited about something that actually has zero actual meaning to me, right? I mean, like it doesn't affect my world in any way, shape or form. How much more should the church be excited about this? So we're gonna, we're gonna just get ready in the next few moments. But as we do that, I'm gonna ask you in just a few moments to stand up and we're gonna sing together. We're gonna cheer together. We're gonna get excited together. And if you are in the room and you're like, yeah, I wanna get baptized, go do that. No more excuses. Let me just, let me, some of you are still arguing in your head. Argument over, go get, back, go get your stuff. Let's get you baptized tonight. Amen. All right, I want to pray over you. We're going we're gonna to just go into a time of worship and, and celebration. God, we're so grateful because you love us so much. And Father, as we've spent time just looking at your word, I pray, Father, that you'll illuminate it for us. God, I pray that those of us who have lived in a, in a space where compromise has been normal, where we've justified things in our life that we know we need to release, that God, even tonight as we worship, that Father, your Holy Spirit would speak to us and that God, there would be a reckoning inside of us. That God, we would release those things that we would stop, that we would move to a place of obedience where we listen to your word and we allow it to be the thing that guides and directs our path. Father, we pray for those who are gonna be baptized tonight that Lord Jesus, this won't be a, a, a step that they take lightly, but it'll be a moment in their faith journey where they see the reality of your amazing love for them. God, I pray that from this moment forward, Father, you'll give them a new boldness and strength to be able to walk out the fact that they're following you, God, that they're not fans, but they're true believers. God, we give you all the praise tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we sing? Thanks so much for joining us for The 107. If you have questions for River of Life or about River of Life, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at rolmt.com.